0: what's going on family it's your man gerard bonner of bonner radio and this is on course with heart ramsey and we call these sessions heart to heart it's the opportunity for you to hear from the heart of god by way of the man of god and of course that's pastor heart ramsey pastor heart how are you sir I'm doing well, Gerard. How you doing, man? I'm great. You know, it's always a good day when our listeners are waiting for us to talk about certain things. It's always a good day. It's always a good day. So there's no shortage of things to talk about. Where shall we begin? Let's begin with a movie. Let's start with the movie. The movie that came out recently on Netflix. It's called Come Sunday. It is the story of Bishop Carlton And particularly the moment where his beliefs changed His wrestling with his belief The presentation of that belief And uh, there are a lot of thoughts I mean the world of the the church Has certainly been talking uh, for well over a week now about this As we thought that they would Before we get into the theology of it I want to talk about the actual movie itself What did you think about the movie come Sunday I couldn't watch I couldn't watch it all the way through <laughs>
1: really really and here's, here's why um first of all there's a couple of reasons number one people people who watched it felt said they felt um the comments that I got were underwhelmed mm-hmm. um there, there were some erroneous depictions of actual events mm-hmm. and then one person in particular who's very close to you commented that um that she felt like that we were left hanging mm-hmm there are a lot of parts of the story that that didn't that weren't tied together properly that didn't make sense mm-hmm. And so because I knew the actual I, w- I was familiar with the actual happenings while they were actually going on right um I, I kind of I'm gonna finish watching it but I started I didn't watch it but I certainly want to discuss especially the theological impact and, and and actually what I would like to do Gerard is talk about where he got it from where he got this doctrine of inclusion
0: from okay? Okay, well, let's do that, because certainly the movie itself, which I should preface, because I know all week long there have been people who have been uh, debating the factual nature of the movie, and it does put a disclaimer at the beginning that says, based on actual events, which is to suggest that it's not necessarily a documentary, um, which means that it won't necessarily hit every point exactly as it happened and certainly as different ones have reported you know some things happened a little bit differently which i also should mention that people have to remember with movies just like with any movie you know uh there is the storytelling aspect of it which right. would create a, a different narrative in some scenarios than what actually happened so correct Yes, So I I think it's important that people Understand that because there are a number Of instances in the movie That uh, things didn't exactly Happen the way it appeared Uh, Certainly what's different now versus then Is back then we didn't have YouTube and social media (laughs) To be able to go back and as Warner Wolf would say back in the day Let's go to the videotape Um, (laughs) These (laughs) days we do And so what has surfaced now is You know the meeting that happened at the College Of Bishops all of those things are, are now out there. So, with all of that said, uh, and, and I certainly do have my, my thoughts about the movie itself, apart well, talk from. Why don't, you, why don't you tell me about the movie? Let me interview you. What do you.
1: you <laughs> <laughs> Rules are reversed here, folks. What, what did you think about the actual depiction of the characters, of, uh, in particular B- Bishop Ellis, the one that uh, I guess was the presiding? I mean, what, do you, what did you make of the, that exchange when he actually revealed? What his doctrine
0: was? So, okay, a couple of thoughts for me. For one, I felt like the acting in the movie uh, was very good. I, I felt like the actors did a really good job of... Trying to be very true to these particular characters. Uh, right. the, the nuances of a, of a Bishop, uh, Carlton Pearson, who is very charismatic, who is very yes. knowledgeable. Like, I think it's very difficult for any one person to fully play him, given all of his amazing gifts and talents. Yes. Um, with that said, I felt like the storytelling. Needed some work just because for those of us you know if you're watching this movie and you have no back knowledge of bishop carlton pearson the movie would portray this as though he was just a random black preacher in tulsa who had a completely different revelation of god when that's not the case at all
1: no no he was like the he was like uh, he he was like the big bishop before bishop jakes
0: Yeah, i was gonna say he was jakes before jakes was jakes um <laughs> you know and, and what many people you know who don't Who aren't aware, they don't realize. I mean, before there was Megafest, there was Azusa. And it was Azusa that really gave the first national platform to people like Bishop Jakes and Winnie Bynum and several others. So this was a really significant Man who had done so many things, and I felt like that portion of the story was not told very well to explain why the world of Christendom went crazy when this happened. Um, I also had concerns about uh, their explanation of what he believes, because if if it did happen the way they say it happened, then they didn't present a complete picture of his belief. So the sermon itself showed him talking about um, you know, well why do people need to get saved because they're already saved, which is a different narrative than the people getting mad at him about there is no hell. Right. You know, so you had all of these things that were happening that I don't think were presented in their completion and then the story I felt ended very abruptly. Um, And so it ended with Uh, him in uh, Bishop Yvette church, kind of his first sermon back after having lost everything, and it ended there, which I thought was weird. But I did find out later that the movie was based on an interview that Bishop Pearson did back in 2004, where the interview covered pretty much everything that was in the movie. So the movie was kind of based off of this particular interview.
1: Okay, so this—
0: yeah, that's what makes it kind of concise in certain areas and not explaining a whole lot. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So that gave me a bit of a bit more understanding about the the movie itself. So with that said, and and I feel like I've talked way too much. Oh on no, this episode, no. <laughs> but um, but I, I want to get into because I think what people are more concerned about rather than the cinematography and the storytelling was the content. Okay. So. Let's get into the content. Now you were certainly around when this was happening in real time Yes um, What are your thoughts on, on all of this and kind of the fact that here we are 20 years later and where the discussion had died down a bit It is, it is back in full force uh, About the existence of hell, everybody being saved, universalism, inclusion, etc. Let's get your thoughts on all this
1: well, it begins with understanding who Bishop Carlton Pearson is.
0: Okay. Um, I, I was
1: going to say was, but who he is. He's one of the most brilliant intellectual minds in Christendom, even I'll of, be of, of our generation. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was impressed with him. Um, there are a few black men that showed up on Christian television back in the 80s and 90s and in, in the earlier part of the 2000s. Um, who really, really impacted me as 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 a being a black man. Okay. Um, there were several on there, but some of them to me, and I, I don't want to um, negatively comment on any person's ministry or personality or education, mm-hmm. but there were people on, on some of the, the uh, Christian networks, black men, who came across as buffoons. And I hate to use that word, it's so distasteful and so degrading. I'm not, I'm not calling them that, but that's the way they came across. Sure. And so, to some degree, I, I, I kind of felt like that's what, they were expected to be okay, like uh, in, in, a, in a, a sea of intellectuals on these Christian networks. They needed this one guy to, to not be in control of his faculties, to be always emotional and right. loud, and 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 kind of um, not well spoken. And so you introduce, on um, Miles Monroe, and and. Carlton Bishop Carlton Pearson and these men are intellectuals right. they're saying things I've never heard people say before and 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 Carlton what M- miles is is a is a very methodical instructor but what Carlton Pearson is is a very intellectual thinker mm-hmm and so it took a tragedy in his life, and I don't know the details. I could, I could, I could um, take a stab at what it was back in the day. Of course, I said it, I didn't see the entire movie, but he lost oh. a family member, and it raised in his spirit the issue of hell, right. and 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 he began to um, he began to approach it not from a theological standpoint, but I think he came from a more philosophical, rational, intellectual way mm-hmm. to kind of say, if the scripture says this, then. Then this is the way it is, and he missed a couple points. The doctrine of inclusion and universalism. Um, I felt uh, uh, in my heart an overreaction from the church initially. Okay. I felt I felt like that they, they 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 were quick to throw them away. Um, they weren't. Uh, qualified to, to engage him in intellectual debate or discussion mm-hmm. they, no one could convince him because then then no one tried they came at him heavy-handedly they disrespected the fact that he is he was a learned man intellectual and um and very very um first in scripture
0: mm-hmm.
1: they dismissed the the entirety of the body of work that he had done azusa right. um he not only did he you know he not only did he platform jakes he just dis- basically discovered him right Right. It, it, was, it was Bishop Carlton Pearson that brought Bishop T, um, Thomas Jakes to TBN. And so when you go back and look at the story, he wasn't a higher dimension. His church, higher D, was not some little um, storefront church. No, this church was, he impacted the, the literal world yeah. with what God had called him to do. So he, he wasn't some fly by night. Right, right. And so the fact that he was struggling with this with these parts of the doctrine, and I want to specifically for our listeners point out that, he, that Carlton Pistons' doctrine is really founded in Romans chapter five. Okay. Okay, and so this is the issue. Now, Romans chapter five, if you're familiar with the book of Romans, Romans chapter one starts out um, unveiling the the problem. The problem is. Is that God creates everything, and He re- and He leaves enough evidence, fingerprints, and, and DNA on the scene for men to understand the Godhead. That's Romans chapter one. Mm-hmm. So He's saying people should know who I am. He said, but when they discovered who I was, they chose not to acknowledge me as God, and in doing so, they rejected the knowledge of God. They ch- changed the truth of God into a lie. Right. In doing so, we unleashed upon ourselves um um the effects of sin, not just in a practical way, but, but on a DNA on a um. A, cellular level. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna explain that. He said it, it got to the place where because we um because wicked men um suppressed the truth and unrighteousness, they, they sought to, to turn the truth of God into a lie. Mm-hmm. The Bible says now in Romans 1 that the result of that effect on community was that uh, a defacing start to happen That men start to, to lust after men And women left their natural estate And started lusting after women mm-hmm. And what he actually says is When people say, well, I'm, I was born like this what, what Romans chapter 1 points out Paul is saying that the, 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 yes, people are They can be born like that Because all it takes is for a community To reject the knowledge of God To reject the truth of God Or turn the truth of God into a lie And Satan will begin to affect things On a, a deep spiritual level Wow. Okay, that's Romans chapter one. Then mm-hmm. Romans chapter two it um, um, points to the Jews and it says, now I know you Jews are thinking that because I said all this about the Gentile world that you think you're better. But Romans chapter two begins by saying, listen, guys, you know better because the same things you point your finger at other people for doing, you're doing the same thing too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Then in Romans chapter three, he, he makes the case that that's the chapter of all of sin and, come, and falling short. Basically, um, he begins to present that case that that um, we are we actually of our own, in our, on our own, we're irredeemable because we're so far gone because keeping the law cannot save us. That's the first time he begins to mention um, this law of God and how God. Uh, it was we couldn't keep it. We didn't have the, the uh, faculties, the discipline or uh, uh, the power to keep the law. Romans chapter four, he introduces Abraham as the model of someone who was justified by God through faith. In other words, he wasn't doing anything right. God just chose him. He um he received the, ch- the choosing of God and God says, now you are righteous based on your obedience to, um, to me to leave your home and go to a land I will show you. That's Romans chapter Mm 4. Now, Romans chapter 5 is where Carlton Pearson, I believe, got in trouble. And I'm going to read some of what got him in trouble and how his Mm -hmm. mind was working. Mm -hmm. In verse 12, it says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Mm -hmm. It says, yes, people sinned, verse 13, yes, people sinned even before the law was given, but it was not counted as sin because there was not yet... Any law to break. Verse fourteen says, "Still, everyone died, from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God, as Adam did." Wow. Now, Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ who's yet to come. Now, now this is what Calvin is is doing the intellectual thing. He's saying that G, that, that, that that first Adam. Committed a sin, and before anyone was born, they were they, we were born into sin, not because we did anything wrong. We're right. sinners because of what Adam did. Right, and we didn't have, we didn't have a choice in the matter. All we had, we were born, and we were born into sin. Mm-hmm. We, remember that statement. We did not have a choice in the matter. Right. Verse fifteen says, "But there's a but there's a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. Mm-hmm. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many." But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Verse 16 says, And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you caught it yet. Mm-hmm. But what he, what the Bible just said right there is the same way Adam's sin condemned us before we could make a decision before we were born. The same way Jesus's um righteousness makes us right with God, um basically saying just like Adam's sin did. Oh, right. uh, the same way Adam's sin led to condemnation. God's free gift leads us to leads us to be made right with God.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: even though we, we're guilty of sin then verse 17 says for the sin of this one man Adam caused death to rule over many but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man Jesus Christ mm-hmm. yes Adam's sin brings condemnation for everyone but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a relationship with God and a new life for everyone and verse 18 is the issue okay because what the Bible says here, or seems to say, we're going to talk about it in a minute, what it seems to say is, the same way Adam's sin brought condemnation to everyone, made everyone guilty, and we had no say in it, verse 18 seems to say that Jesus' one act of righteousness brings re- right relationship with God for everyone. Not just right relationship with God, It a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. And it seems to say whether we make the decision or not. Hmm. You see where inclusion comes in,
0: uh-huh.
1: because what Carlton was what, now from an intellectual level, at face value, it that's exactly what it says. Mm. It, it, it seems to say just the same way you were born, and then have a choice in whether you are a sinner or not. You are you identified by God as a sinner because you were born into sin. He's saying that Jesus came and did something greater, so that now when you anyone, it seems like anyone that's born or has been born has not been given a right relationship with God, whether they do it right or not. Hmm. But he missed one point. Mm -hmm. And here's the one point. It actually says
0: to those who receive it. Ah. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because you know it it really takes faith
1: to pray. You You have to trust that God is like a person, He's a real person, and that He's the one that
0: invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid, and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Yes. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Heart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. And now a word from our sponsor. Have you subscribed to Heart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you get to hear from the heart of God through the man of God, Heart Ramsey. Yeah. There are now two ways for you to receive this regular encouragement via text message. Simply text Uplift to 46786 and you'll receive this regular encouragement on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To receive this encouragement on a daily basis, download. The NCC Family app available in the app stores for Apple and Google Play. Uh-huh. Once again, to receive Hart Ramsey's Uplift via text message, simply text Uplift to 467 and you'll be able to receive this encouragement on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. To receive Heart Ramsey's Uplift on a daily basis, simply download the free NCC Family app available in the App Stores for iTunes and Google Play. Uplift your spirit, encourage your heart and empower your walk. Yo. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. I
1: know you're going to dig this.
0: Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. It's
1: actually actually said that in verse 17, it says, for the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death. Through this one man, Jesus Christ, and that's where Carlton, I think, missed it, is that he he emphasized verse eighteen over verse seventeen. He ignored the fact that that um God is not forcing the new birth on people; mm-hmm. it has to be received. Right. Now, now let me show you the, the, um, and, and I'm I'm not um, I'm a, I'm gonna do a, a quick study while I'm on right here on this call with you.
0: Yes. To,
1: to make sure. So so the, uh, now there's a word in the Greek, I, I haven't looked it up yet. I'm I'm just going to do this on, on the fly. The yes. word is lambano. Okay. Lambano means lambano carries the idea of someone stretching out their hand with a gift in it.
0: Okay. It,
1: it the word literally means to, it, it translates as the English word receive, and so it, the idea, the picture of that is that someone stretches forth their hand and they have the gift in it, but the gift remains in their hand until you ex- extend your hand to take it. Right. So let's see if that's what this word lambano that's the word Lambano is the word we see. Let me check it out. I don't know. here it's It's the word lambano.
0: Wow
1: It's the word so the picture of lambano is not just um, that God did it and, and, and whether you like it or not you say That's not what the picture is. Mm-hmm. The picture is that God realizing that Adam Affected all of humanity What he does now is he takes this gift of right relationship with him through grace and he extends it to us and says if you want it This is the fix Mm-hmm. Adam ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now you eat of this tree of life. The, the cross represents the tree of life. You eat of this tree, and it will reverse what Adam did. Wow. That's the doctrine of grace. So, so, uh, and so, a lot of people teach the um the doctrine of grace as inclusion, as universalism, and it's not. the The, the issue is you have to receive it. But here's the thing: the, the scriptures go on further. Because Romans chapter six, verse Romans chapter seven, I'm now getting to this this issue of one, um, the flesh. Mm-hmm. and the other one is the principle of sin that lives in us the principle of sin that lives in my body in other words um paul said in romans 7 when i when i would do good evil's always present i can make up my mind to do this thing and i and I, I, I said uh the guy the husband's son would be faithful to my wife and they go they go oh sister fine walking by right and, and he's tempted i'm not, not saying he does anything but he's tempted mm-hmm. that principles alive then romans 7 romans 6 is um my flesh i, I live in this flesh it's like um, I have these. My flesh have certain wants and desire. It needs. It wants to eat. It, it, it need, there's certain appetites that are built in that will get out of bounds at times, mm-hmm. and I have to deal with that. So, um, as it relates to, to the inclusion piece, uh, what, what Carlton Pearson and others, um, and I don't, I don't want to become people's name because I don't want to offend anyone. But even what Bishop O. C. Allen is teaching in Atlanta mm-hmm. is, is he's teaching people that you can live any way basically you want to. And you're saved. And, and really, that's not because what the issue of this life piece is is that God extends His hand. Lombano, to, uh, with a gift of salvation. And when we receive it and we we partake of it, it literally goes on the inside of us and wakes up a new consciousness. It, it actually, we're literally born again in our spirit. It wakes up a, a new consciousness where the Bible says, it's impossible for me to ever enjoy sin again. It's not saying I won't sin, but I can't enjoy it to the fullest like I did before I was born again because of this new consciousness, this new life. I'm born again. The spirit of God is living in me and, and he, will always, um, he will always make me uncomfortable. Comfortable. I had one person say he will grieve me to the extent that I grieve him, not out of spite or revenge, but to show me that I'm off track. Does this make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And, and, and so what he's what he's missing, and 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 you know, and I'll be honest with you. With all that being said. Man, I have mad respect for him, and I really right. wanted to win. I really, uh, Bishop Carlton Pearson impacted my life. He showed me that that I, I could be I could be black in in ministry, mm-hmm. and I could I, and I could um actually explore the intellectual part of who I am, and not be not be called bougie or, or uppity right. or thinking I'm better than other people. He showed me it was cool yeah. to preach an intellectual message, and shout on it too.
0: Right, right. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm really glad we're having this discussion because I do think it has brought a lot of things back to surface and a lot of uh, questions. And one of the takeaways that I had in watching this movie uh, was, was, well, there were two things. One, the scene where he first uh, begins sharing this revelation, it was very clear that he didn't fully understand it all. And so... You know, my takeaway was it's very dangerous to preach or present uh, an idea that hasn't been fully thought out.
1: Yes, and let me tell you something about that too. And if you do do it, you pre- like when I first started teaching Grace 12, 13 years ago. The first message I never forget. I preached a message called "Receiving the Spirit of the New Covenant," and I told my church, "I said, guys, I have no idea where this is going or what it's about." But I, I got a hold of this of this um book and I started studying, um. And it was by well known and respected well respected Christian author, and I began to study this the new covenant and and I said, wait a minute, mm-hmm. this is not what we're preaching. Wow. So I went back to my Bible and started studying this, and I realized we're preaching a new revised version of the old covenant and calling it grace. Wow, and according to scripture. The reason that there was such defeat in the church is because the law, the Bible says the strength of sin is the law. That means if you keep preaching sin, I mean, keep preaching the um, law, mm-hmm. people won't keep sinning. Right. And so what we'll do is we'll we'll, we'll make people pledge to God, I, I'll, try, I'll try harder to keep the rules. And that's the very... Uh, um, Antithesis of what Jesus came for that's a that's totally a gift he came to make sure that what we had with God was a relationship he revealed in, in uh, John 17 I revealed your name to them which name did he reveal to to, to them father mm. Abba that's those, he revealed to, to, to the uh, the people of God or to people in general that God wants that God is our father he's looking for a relationship with us. You see what I'm saying, and Absolutely. so and so when I discovered is I, I all the way through this series, I was so apologetic of, of not being fully knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. I was just I was kind of regurgitating stuff that I, I was reading and studying for myself, and I, and I was telling them, "This is what do you think?" That was was one of those, "What do you think?" messages. Okay. The moment yeah. the moment you start, start saying this is the way it is, you better be sure you've done your homework. And I think Carlton was so motivated by the grief. Of losing, mm. of losing his family members, um, who he felt were dead, mm-hmm. uh, and and maybe had went to hell. Mm-hmm. That that it, there's a certain part of his soul, his intellect, that want to eradicate hell. And I've heard other people preach. I've heard on um, Fred Price Jr. preach um, that there is no hell. Mm. That hell is is. Uh, um, mythical. I heard uh, there's another guy. I do not call his name, but there's, there's a, another guy that used to come to my church. And one day he stood in my pulpit on a Sunday morning and told the people there is no heaven. There's no literal heaven. There's no literal hell. They, they are dimensions, and they they actually um um <clears throat> not even metaphoric, but they 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 point to something deeper than than a literal place or literal places. Wow.
0: Yeah. Wow. So so let me ask this question since we're here. Um why is it that oh how do I ask this question <laughs> Okay so so why is it that this thought about no hell has been so widely discussed and and, and why has that particular point in, drawn seemingly more attention than the piece about you're already saved. I see more people discussing whether or not hell exists versus the piece that you're already saved. Why does that particular point have such a sticking point with so many people?
1: Because to the Christian mind, hell is the jeopardy of being lost. Hmm. If there is no hell, then if, um, if 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 some people say, "Well, we're experiencing hell right here on Earth." If this is it, if this is the worst it gets, then it's pretty bad in some situations. Mm-hmm. But but for some people, it's worth the trade off. It's worth the trade off. If 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 me living out of bounds will give me of some semblance of what quote people quote unquote call happiness, mm-hmm. even though it may have some um, consequences and repercussions with it. Mm-hmm. If this is it, I could handle this. But if there is, a, if there's a hell to pay, if 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 there is according to the book of Revelation, a, a a lake of fire, if there is, if there is a weeping and gnashing of teeth like Jesus said, then that's a jeopardy. Mm-hmm. And 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 uh, the, the Bible talks about the wrath of God. If, if the wrath of God does not culminate with some type of jeopardy to and, and then people say, well, that mentality, it seemed like you just in it. Um, for the for the fire insurance no i think i think it it, it points to a motivation mm-hmm. um i'll prefer to live my life for the lord um even going through the, the difficult days and the adversity and the sometimes broken heartedness mm-hmm. and and then wake up or um wake up on judgment day and realize there is no hell i prefer to to live my best life and wake up and find that there's no hell than to live my worst life
0: I wake up and find
1: out that there is a hell Yeah. So to so me that's the danger Is that you're telling people Listen you have nothing to fear Just do, do what you want to do You have nothing to fear You're good And I think people are, are, are troubled by that And then another thing I'm going to go a, a step deeper and People will hate me for this But it's true
0: mm-hmm.
1: There's some people That that's all they preach Right they, Hell is the hell is the bedrock of their doctrine, mm-hmm. not not heaven, not grace, not the love of God, right. not 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 um being the best you, not not um 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 this relationship with God the Father, God the Son, Holy Spirit. There's not that they preach. They love to get up there and preach hellfire and damnation. Mm-hmm. Um, they are black and white. They are judgmental. That's their whole pers- persona. That's what they do. If you, if you take that away from them, they have no ministry.
0: Right. What an absolutely amazing conversation. And we're going to continue this conversation the next time we get together. It's just too much to house into one podcast. So here's what we need you guys to do. I know you have a lot you want to say about this. If you have questions or comments, do us a favor and reach out to us by way of social media using the hashtags heart to heart. H-A-R-T, the number two and H-E-A-R-T or hashtag on course and let us know what you're thinking about today's conversation also be sure to rate subscribe and download this podcast on itunes and google play and join us next time as we will continue our conversation about come sunday when we get on course with hart ramsey